you got to be careful with the the whole big tent Republican thing, because I tell you, you're going to end up with a big tent of obscurity. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel with my buddy Bill Whittle. And uh, guess who's coming to dinner? I guess uh, 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 Trump didn't get the memo. Oh, did he know? I don't know. And, he's, and Bill, maybe you can help us out with this. Uh, Kanye shows up uh, at Trump's pad and brought, you know, and brings some homies with him. Uh, those being uh, Nick Fuentes and I think uh, Milo, Milo uh, Yiannopoulos was with him also. And mm-hmm. uh, so now, you know me, man. I've I've long... It's like it's like, you know, out in the wilderness say, hey, hey, you got to be more careful about how you go about by doing these things. Y'all or it's like I feel like I'm you know talking to a brick wall or something like that. Yep. And, um, you know, in in doing these things, I see people like setting themselves up for disaster and even something where it's like even something like this. This could have been something that was just like blown off. But of course, it's going to blow up, too. Um, and there's a lot of things that led up to this to make it so sensitive. But I mean, can you just set it up for people who are not familiar with uh, with the details of it? Oh, uh, the, the details of which part of, of the Trump of, of Trump having the people over him and what the controversy is about. Well, th- th- that's the thing. I mean, because, you know, with the with the left wing narrative, you're going to hear all sorts of stuff that's going to be played up. And then, you know, you're going to have well, what, what are they saying about it? Because there's some people who, who don't know anything about it. And and I don't know a lot about it. So can well, you just kind of tell me what what they're what they're claiming? And even that, because Trump is like, I don't know anything about this. But you have basically Kanye shows up. And I guess I maybe I don't know if he was expecting Kanye to show up or not. But one thing he didn't expect or supposedly didn't expect is that Nick Fuentes is going to be with him. And and Milo, uh, I think Milo was with him also, right? And Mick, Mick, uh, Fuentes is a uh, is he he's a, an agitator, oh. man. He's he's a he's a, a a provocateur. He's the alt right, far right, white supremacist, uh, Holocaust denier. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. right. And so now Kanye, and he's all over the place as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now between Kanye. Fuentes and Milo, Milo. I mean, you got you got a trifecta. Yeah, it's a cocktail, all right? Right, of disaster. And so, you know, this is going to put a stain on Trump. And we got we wondered, was this set up? Was this engineered? Are these guys being? Are they on a payroll? Because it just looks really bad. And it's like you know, between uh, uh, Trump and even uh, Margie Taylor Green, I guess, who's come out and say, look, uh, I'm not with, I'm not with whatever Fuentes stands for. I'm not with it. Uh, so she's went out and made that disclaimer. And uh, so, you know, I mean, what do you think, man? Is, is let, me, let me put it like this. You know, when we think about, you know, maybe Trump running in 2024 or, you know, Trump, you know, uh, being lauded like, you know, the savior of America, he's going to bring America back and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And it's like every it seems like everybody Trump comes into contact with or is in his circle or is in his cabinet, it's like screws him over or or it's, it's like, do you are you? Do you know who these people are? Because these people that you keep, you know, doing work with, if you can't even protect yourself from them, how are you going to protect the rest of the country? You know, so yeah. I, what am I missing here? Well, I don't think you're missing anything. Um, you know, this culture war has been going on for so long now and it's getting so extreme. I've mentioned this several times. You and I have talked about it on the show several times that when you're under attack for as long as we've been under attack from so many different places, been sold out so many times. There's a very strong inclination 
to think that anybody who who shows the slightest uh, sense of um, questioning things is automatically a traitor, you know, and, and, and thrown Trump under the bus. You know, I, I got that in a, one of the uh, comments on Stratosphere Lounge last week is that I, I was one of the guys who threw Trump under the bus. Mm. I'm not aware that I threw Trump under the bus. I supported I, he wasn't my first choice, but when he was the candidate, I supported him, voted for him. And then when he was president, I thought he accomplished remarkable things, voted for him again, obviously, in the last mm. election. So questioning things and and, and talking about uh, flaws and, and things like that is not abandoning somebody. But at the same time, I think the whole purpose of, 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 of not just our philosophy, conservative philosophy, but any intellectually honest philosophy is the ability to question and criticize things on your own team uh-huh. without it being, you know, you're dead to me. Uh, the British have a term for this. It, 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 sometimes it's a little more um, applicable than others. But when in the parliamentary system, the minority party would be known as the loyal opposition. That's a great term. Uh. Right. A loyal opposition. So what the two word term, basically, we are not we are we love this country as much as you do. We love the king or the system as much as you do. But we're going to oppose you and maybe the king for the good of the country. Uh. So I had to get all that out of the way just to say this. We knew in, in, from the moment he stepped on the stage that, that by, by the way, just so there's no doubt, right? I mean, you know, see, <laughs> I, I really admire him, but he is a flawed instrument. Oh. And and I think that after the pres- the loss of a presidential election crushes people, they're never the same. And this particular one, given how uh, shady things were and how, you know, at least to me, how obvious things were would would kill anybody so so trump is dealing with that he i think he's more vulnerable to this kind of thing than he was before but here's my criticism of trump it's the same one that you have he can claim that he didn't know but he should have known and and he's not alone in this he's not he when i say he can't have it both ways what i'm really saying is i guess we can't have it both ways right Trump can say that, that you know, look, I, I, I didn't realize these guys were there. Well, you know, you are, you are the number one target in the world, right? There's nobody with a bigger bullseye on his back than Donald Trump. Elon Musk is rapidly becoming second, but basically, there's no one out there who is who more people are trying to bring down than Donald Trump. Does this um, does this dinner affect my opinion of Trump in terms of his? candidacy? No, because I don't think Trump is a racist. I think he's proved it again and again and again that he's not a racist. He's certainly not um, anti-Semitic. And and so my opinion of him in this case doesn't, it, it doesn't go to his character. It goes to his judgment. Mm, yes. And and while I'm as convinced of his character as I ever been, which is why I'm perfectly happy to continue to support him, that's my strategic view. And it's also what my heart tells me. But my tactical view and what my head tells me is that he commits many, many, many um, unforced errors. And this is one of them. And I'll give you a really good example. Last night, I was trying to track down information on homicide rates between blacks and whites and what the ratio was. And those first six or seven uh, entries on Google, and I understand how those are filtered, were, were articles dedicated to debunking a graph that a guy had put out using murder statistics, right? And his statistical methods were unsound. The the chart was just garbage. But Trump retweeted it. 
And apparently, I think it was Bill O'Reilly sat down with him and said, why did you retweet? Look, it was in a newspaper. I didn't I didn't write the tweet. I just retweeted it. And, and he, well, you know, this and this and you should. have. Well, I, you know, who am I saying? Look, I heard it on a radio show and I thought a reliable source, blah, blah, blah. This is this is the point. When you are. What candidate Trump starting from 2015. Candidate Trump is a different has to be a different individual than Donald Trump prior to 19, uh, 2015, right? Prior to 2015, not only could Trump do whatever he wanted to, the more the more outrageous the the uh, the, the the event, the better publicity it was for him. He's a businessman with his name on things, and, and people either love him or hate him. But but controversy was something that Donald Trump knew how to play very well. He played controversy all the way to the to the <laughs> White House. But once you become a candidate, and and I'm absolutely on a much higher level, once you become a president. You no longer have the ability to, let me rephrase that, you no longer, let me rephrase it again, you now have a responsibility to behave in ways that maybe you wouldn't have previously because now you represent more than just yourself. Now you're representing the hopes and dreams of 100 million people or more, right? Mm -hmm. And and you, you can't be as cavalier as you used to be, whether you like it or not. And 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 the final thing I'll say about this, at least in the opening, though, is that I don't I don't expect Donald Trump to vet everybody that comes to his office uh-huh. or his house, right? That's a lot of work. He's a busy man, but I do expect that there should be somebody on his staff, yeah. right, who said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 no, 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 <laughs> no." Somebody, if if he had had a trusted filter, let's take his son for example, right? Donald Trump Jr. Just hypothetically, right? Uh-huh. If Donald Trump had figured out a way so that when he wanted to tweet something, it went to Donald Trump Jr. or to his daughter even better, right? Even better. And that tweet went to the daughter or the son before it went out to the public. And those people were able, because they know him so well, they're closest to him and they love him. If they were able to look at those tweets and, and catch the essence of what he was trying to say, but take out either the inaccuracies or the or the, you know, keep keep the Trump, but lose some of the um, carelessness. Yeah. He, he'd be sitting president now. So my short answer is, yes, it was a, it was indicative, indicative of a real lack of discipline on a part of somebody who, who needs to understand that he has to do better. And this has to be more careful. Everybody's trying to bring him down. If somebody cozies up to Donald Trump and starts telling him exactly what he wants to hear, chances are very good that that person is working for MSNBC. And um, and so, yes, I was disappointed by it. Does it change my opinion of it? No, but it's costing him and it shouldn't have. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, probably maybe to his fault, um, Trump does uh, to despite what people will try to say about him, you know, being, I guess, you know, this 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 rich white man. It looks like he he makes an effort to, to be in touch with the people. You know, Absolutely. Kanye yeah. is somebody who's well known in the culture. And so Donald mm-hmm. Trump's like, OK, obviously, this guy has a lot of fans, you know, uh, people love his music and stuff like that. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll extend a, a hand to him. You know, you want to rap with me? Cool. No pun intended. Fine. Let's let's talk. And, um, you know, but there's a lot of things about, you know, and, and it's one of those things where, OK, man, there's these things I know about you. Uh, you seem a little weird, but you want to come holler at me? Come on and talk. Let's talk. Right. Mm-hmm. And after that. After and, and and have the meeting with him, and then Kanye pulls some shenan- shenanigans after that. Say, like, look, man, I, I think we're done. 
Okay, uh, let's we we won't be we won't be meeting again because Kanye did some weird stuff. Um, Who said this, Kanye or Trump? Did Kanye, right? So now, I mean, and the thing is, I think a lot a lot of people want to hold on, you know, to these traditions uh, or these unspoken traditions and things like that. Like, say, for instance, the Eleventh Commandment. Yeah. And I'm like, look, yep. but just like you said earlier, it's like, look, man. We're speaking truth and love here. We're not trying to destroy each other. You know, sometimes you got to call people out and say, look, man, you might not want to do that that way. You know, and if you do that, I guess you're a sellout or something like that. And you're, you're not a true conservative because you're saying, hey, um, we're not infallible. There might be some things that we could probably improve upon. You don't want to do that, you know, and like, you know, so or, or if that even happens even with uh, within Christianity. Yep. You know, you can't question somebody's Christianity. You're supposed to be all accepting and all that sort of thing. The Bible doesn't say anything like that. You're supposed to test the spirits. You're supposed to actually question if people are on the square. Paul did that a lot. Despite I know people want to think of Paul as all loving. Instead of Paul's like, look, man, um, don't assume that, you know, I'm afraid to come and tell you what time it is. I'm a career murderer. OK, if I if, if, if Paul, if Saul came up to see you, it means I meant to come, I'm, I'm coming to kill you. Yeah. I am not afraid to come and tell you the truth. All right. So I will go all out to tell you the truth as much as I used to go all out to kill you. But I'm going to tell you the truth right now. And I don't care if it hurts your feelings. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to tell you. Right. So even with Kanye, you weren't allowed to question his so-called faith. Right. So it's like there is nothing about Kanye that speaks Christian to me. Nothing. And now here it is. He's a he's he's a a blatant anti-Semite. He wants to culturally appropriate the uh the uh, uh the heritage of the Jews and assign our heritage to the Jews and basically they're they're black now the the original Hebrews were black mm-hmm. and I'm like wow man that's not a road that you want to go down so basically what you want to tell me is that the original Jews are black the, the or, or the Hebrew culture as it is 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 black so does that mean that Jesus was black and does that mean that we killed Jesus do you really want to go down that road you want to yeah, pin that yeah, on man, us exactly man black on black crime goes way back doesn't it you know does that mean that Moses was black does that mean no. that the the, his, the Israelites, they were black too, and they cursed Moses and then turned around and said, hey, man, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to be slaves because we had free fish. Wow, that doesn't seem to change now, does it? Kanye, do you really want to go down that road? And folks who think that Kanye is a Christian, do you really want to hold on to that? He's not, right? So these are things that Trump probably, should, or his handlers, you know, and I've tried to talk to his handlers too. It's like, uh... You know, dismissed. You know, we know it's like I'm look, man. I'm trying to tell you, you guys don't want to go down that road. You know, but and, and but despite a lot of Republicans saying, who cares what these people think? They threw their arms around them anyway. You know, and they're out there being buddy buddy with them and stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's not going to turn out well for you. So that was that was one guy. You know, uh, in the mix of all this, and then we have uh, the Nick Fuentes. What, you, what 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 first impressions of a uh, of, of Nick do you have? Do you have any? I, to be perfectly honest with you, though, I had never heard of him prior to this. And neither did Trump, basically. <laughs> so that's fair, right? But like, I mean, uh, anything you might have heard about him or any impressions? Any? No, but if I do a quick Google search, I'll have a pretty good idea, right? I mean, Absolutely. If I, yeah, yeah. And, and that's something that a staff member should, could, and mm. and by all accounts, really should have done. Yes, yes. And now, so so Nick Fuentes is, uh, um, I guess he's done his due uh, enough to, to show that he's a Holocaust denier. 
Uh, according now, I've heard him say that. Look, man, I, I was kidding about that. You know, this is and, and it's outspoken. That's not something you kid about, dude. It's not. Uh, you, exactly. you can make a one-off joke about the Holocaust in, in bad taste, you know. And I and I heard actually John Ratzenberger do t- tell a Holocaust joke, and it was hilarious. Mm. But that that's a one-off, once-in-a-lifetime joke that he acknowledged was a joke. In fact, set up as a joke. But yes, this is so you don't get to you know oh, I was misunderstood. Yeah, and, and the thing is, considering you know Fuentes's you know personality and stuff like that, it's like I don't. If, if you say something, I'm pretty sure you're not the kind of person to say, "Well, I was just kidding." You know, it's like no, he says it, and he's and he's going to stand by it. Um, so between things like that, these are things that you know. And like I said, I guess they they kind of crashed the party, and and maybe uh, you know upon finding out who Fuentes is, they look, man, you need to get out of my house. Uh, but you know, Fuentes, a lot, a lot of uh, he's he's very popular. So obviously, a lot of people are listening to him. A lot of people, pay, uh, you know, are, are uh, you know subscribing to him and stuff like that. But between you know the Holocaust and uh, another thing, uh, him being a, a white supremacist or a, a person uh, who says that he doesn't agree with interracial marriage, and just making statements like that, it's like any conservative who's back is like, look, man, you might want to distance yourself from And I'm not speaking from a personal sentiment or anything like that. No, I'm no, speaking of course with- not. Of course not. It's just a toxic person. Yes. And it's and it's not even a look. This toxic person could bring you a large group of followers. As a matter of fact, a toxic person theoretically could bring you enough followers to win the election. But if if it's somebody like that, I'm just going to say no, thank you. Please leave. Yes. Right. There there are there are things that are more important than the tactics of it. So yeah, I completely get it. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean even Reagan was like you know with uh, with David Duke it's like uh, uh no <laughs> he's not I he is he may say he's on the same team as me. Mm. And I can't control what he says. There's a free speech in this country. He says he's on the same team as me. All I can tell you is I'm not on the same team as him. Yes. Want nothing to do with him. Yes. Those people, don't, now, those people are another class of rhino. Okay. That's another class of rhino as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, now, but, but let's look at the, 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 the fairness of this, if you will. Uh, with, um, well, let me, let me go. Let me answer some of the things you brought up real quick. Hold mm-hmm. the fair, that fairness thought. Because I, I can't keep track of thoughts for more than 20, <laughs> 20, 30 seconds. I hear you. So, so let's, let's just talk briefly about the 11th commandment, right? Which I think is one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard anybody said, especially for a party that's not only perpetually, uh, uh, well, for a part, especially for a party that's perpetually demonized, right? The last thing you want to do, unfairly demonized, the last thing you want to do is hand ammunition over to the people who are going to use right. it unfairly against you. So the 11th commandment, Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment is, thou shall not speak ill of other Republicans. To which I would add asterisks <laughs> down at the bottom of the page in public. Mm. So the way that this should have been handled is that I see. I, I think Donald Trump is a, is a man of integrity, and I and I know he values loyalty. He values loyalty probably more than most people, even people like us, because he's just under attack from so many sides from so often all the time, right? Mm. That anybody who stands by him is is somebody he's grateful for. And I admire that. In fact, the entire dust up with uh, DeSantis just prior to the midterms, which I thought was just bad decision on Trump's part, that came as a result of Trump feeling that he'd been betrayed, personally betrayed, right? So, so... When you've got these guys here, and, and he's got a relationship with Kanye and so on. Look, when I, I said publicly, and I stood by it, I still stand by it. When, when Kanye West supported Donald Trump a year or two after Trump was elected, I said, this is the most important thing that has happened since the election of Donald Trump. And people said, well, Kanye, none of Kanye West's uh, you know, 
Donald Trump doesn't appeal to Kanye West fans. I said, that's exactly the point, right? That he has, this is before he kind of fell to pieces. He has, he has ten, tens, if not hundred million of followers, mm -hmm. right? For him to, to come out and say that you should think about this guy, it's enormously powerful. Mm -hmm. So my, my opinion at the time was that Kanye had managed to detach himself from this left-wing uh, mind control unit, which he had, but instead of coming or following up to the Republican, he just kind of went off the table. Now he doesn't believe anything. He just constantly, he's just, he's just, he's in, he's in bad shape. Kind of. right. But my, here's my point about the 11th commandment. I give, I give you two specific examples because they both happened to me. Uh, back around uh, 2012, I guess, somewhere in there, maybe 2010. I don't remember. Yeah, it would have been 2010 because uh, it was, it was when um, Ted Cruz was running for his first Senate campaign. He invited me to come out and introduce him at an event in a church with four or 5,000 people there. And I made a joke that I'd been making plenty of times before. And I said, just before I get started, I just want to tell you fellow Texans, as a person from California, uh, if you see a car coming from, from the West on I-10, give them that good old Texas welcome and escort them all the way out to, uh, to the, to the uh, Louisiana border. <laughs> but if you see them starting to drive through residential neighborhoods, you know, looking at retail signs and, and, and uh, uh, realty signs, I would say open fire immediately. Don't take any chances, right? These people are going to come here. They're going to do to your state what they did to my state. Mm. Everybody laughed except for two people in the front row. These two people then went and told and said that I was calling for the murder of Californians. The original headline on Huffington Post or whatever it was, was conservative. Uh, uh, they had some kind of quotation marks around it, like meaning, you know, like it was a questionable joke. But the next version of it, there was no no, there was no question of a joke and especially no link to the video, because if you link to the video, you could tell I was playing that for a joke. So I got death threats. You, you know, I'll, I'll try to kill all the Californians. Right. So when this thing happened, our previous employers, who both you and I have had a, a difference of opinion on, uh, <laughs> demanded that I make a public apology. And I, re I just plain refused. Mm. I just plain refused. I said, if I apologize for this, people are going to assume that I was serious. And if you can't realize from from what I said that this is hyperbole. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna validate your mm. your 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 idiocy. So I said, well, if it happens again, then it's going to cost your job. I said, okay, well, if it happens again, then then it'll cost me my job. But I did contact Ted Cruz privately mm. and said, Ted, if this has damaged you in any way, I'm genuinely sorry. I didn't say that publicly because I wasn't sorry about making the joke. Mm -hmm. I was concerned that I might have heard a, a, a Republican who I admire and respect very much. Said, ah, we all laugh at it. We thought it was hilarious. We think it's hilarious to this day. When the same kind of thing happened uh, later, and I went up to support Jeannie Ives for governor uh, in Illinois, um, there was a, an event there, and a, and a significant number of the people there were my fans. I, I, I endorsed her because I have, I have a good friend who was really behind her. And 45 minutes before the event, her campaign said that they, that she couldn't be seen in the same room with me because one guy at um, Media Matters had dug up a conversation that I'd had with Stefan Molnio talking about innate intelligence. And they said that I had said things that, that they perceived to be racist. They said, do you do you say you said do you say that blacks are unemployable? I said blacks are unemployable in democratic cities because the way Democrats run the education system and the way they keep people in a state of perpetual poverty, they have nothing else to do. Yes, of course, I said that. But that's not what I so anyway, long story short, right? What I said to them at the time was, look, guys, if if I'm just here to help, okay? I'm just here to get a Republican elected as governor of Illinois. If if you think it's better for me to just sit this one out here in the downstairs, I'll just kick around and play some pool for a while. And that's what I did. 
right? And I didn't say anything about it until after the election was over. In fact, I didn't say anything about it two years after that election was over. So all of this to say that you can't expect a political party to not have disagreements. And you, furthermore, you can't expect situations to arise where the, the fact that you're a politician means that whatever personal friendships you may or may not have, they're public, they're public property now. And I thought in both of those cases, my, my instinct was, hey, I'm just, I, whatever's best for the candidate, I'm willing to do. Now, if Ted Cruz had asked me to apologize, I would have given that serious thought. Even then, I don't think I would have done it. But, but, but the point is, he didn't. He not only didn't ask me to apologize, he said, don't be ridiculous. Of course, everybody knew it was a joke. It's just a weapon they're using against me. So all of this to say, though, um, there, are, there are ways that uh, Donald Trump could have handled this without, um, without him seeming to break the bonds of loyalty that he thinks are, are very important, and so do I. And... and also, what I'm wanting to get down to, it's it's not just about Trump himself. It's something if, if we really want to support not just Trump, but support the push of conservatism. That's what I've been saying the whole time. It's not about promoting right. a candidate and so much it's being loyal. Precisely. Right. It, you got to promote conservatism and you got to know the things that that do it damage. You know, like, say, for instance, you know, uh, and, and I'm, I'm wanting to kind of cover these people because they're kind of like a, at the center of, of, of my point here. I, I actually I think I have one. Uh, but. You know, with, with people like, um, you know, Fuentes, uh, you know, saying things like, like, if you ask them, do you think interracial marriage is bad? Right. And now, if you ask me, if you ask me, do, hey, Zoe, do you think interracial marriage is bad? I'm going to say, absolutely. I think it's horrible. I don't believe in interracial marriage because I don't believe in any couple being in competition with each other. My wife and I are not an interracial couple. We're an international couple. We represent oh, wow. nations. Right. We're not a race. We're not in competition with each other. I don't know yeah, where that brilliant. crap came that's from. That's a brilliant way to look at it. Right. So now. But but check this out <clears throat> in control. But that's one of the things that we need to get away from to, to keep the left from controlling the narrative. Because we, that's right. The narrative. We just walk into the we once they ask the question, if we answer the question they ask, we can't win. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to question the question. Yeah, absolutely. So and then from there, um, you know, the idea that only white people can be against interracial marriage. That's the other thing. If you're, if you're against interracial marriage, well, you must be a white person. Well, that's absolutely not true. Pretty much every nation frowns upon, you know, amalgamation. You're going to have it to different degrees in everyone. Hey, my, my own father, you know, let me know, you know, pretty specifically, I don't like anything white. And if you ever want to marry a white woman, you will not have my blessing. Is my dad a bigot? Yes, but I guess he can't really be a bigot because he's not white. And just a funny story, right? A funny story. Um, I played in a band, man. Um, There's a band that I had called Super Slave. And, um, and you know, I play, when I play these rock bands, they, all the members are, are, are black, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that was like one of the funny things to it because, you know, uh, because rock and roll is supposed to be white people's music, right? And uh, so that was just a narrative that we're like, dude, that's ridiculous and this racism stuff needs to stop. Uh, and, and, and he, he even played in a band. It was, um, it was two black guys and three white guys and they were called Agro Negro and the white power trio. Right. So, and so we, we, it was a, it, it was weird. It was a weird thing with my bass player. He, and, and man, he was mean. He was not, he was not a nice guy. 
Phenomenal bass player, though. I mean, you know, graduate from MIT, Music Institute of Technology, and all that other Hollywood <laughs> stuff, right? So amazing bass player, but he was he was mean and pretty darn Afrocentric too. Okay, and um, you know, and cons- <clears throat> considering you know what my 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 dad had told me, and I guess that kind of like stuck in me. Um, you know, my wife and I, you know, you know, we we had started, you know, we we were friends, you know, and and I told you know I told him about her. And uh, it's like, yeah, man, she, she's just cool. She, she, she just gets me, man. She's, you know, we're, we're just in the same stuff and, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, but I was like, man, I don't know if I could date her, though. I don't I don't, I don't think I could date her, man. It's, and, um, you know, because hey, truth be told, man, she's white. I can't date her. Right. And Jeff, man, mean Jeff, mean Afrocentric Jeff said, hey, so, man, you know, I've, I've up until this point, man, I've taken you to be a pretty intelligent guy. And, uh, you know, I play bass with you, man, because I think you write some pretty interesting stuff. But I got to tell you, man, I don't think I've ever heard you say something stupid in the whole time I've ever, in the whole time I've ever known you. I've never heard you say something so stupid. You better go get that girl. And he walked out. And oh, so- wow. Cool. Okay, I thought it was going to go the other way. <laughs> and I was like, who, who, you know, who are you and what did you do with Jeff? You know, and, and, and the thing is, that was the last time we ever did a show together. Not because mm. of animosity or anything like that or anything. Is that after that, Super Slave was done, and it was almost like one of those things where it's like. You think it was done because of you, Mary? Because you said you wanted to marry um, your wife? No, absolutely not. It was just just one, just just timing. Just it was timing. We just didn't get along. We really okay. did not get along. Sure, man. sure, sure. And, and it's like, but it was one of those things where it's like, wow, man, were you just sent into my life to just make that affirming statement? Then, yeah, you know, is that your entire is that the entire reason why we've known each other just for that one moment? Yeah, I know that feeling. It's amazing. You know, and, and I tell you what, Bill, had I listened to the voice of, you know, you won't have my blessing and I do not approve. Had I listened to that, man, I would have missed out on marrying my best flipping friend. Yeah. You I know, met your wife many times and and uh, you are a lucky guy. Yeah. She. Yeah. Uh, but, but, so 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 let me just because because what that story about about Jeff is really important on a like on a meta scale. Mm. That was a case where somebody's. This is the kind of thing that should be happening a lot more often. And when I see this happen, the other way, it really makes me sick. This was a case where your friend had political ideas and opinions and all the rest of stuff put into his head. Some of them justified, some of them unjustified. But that's who he was. That was basically his identity. But he he knew you and valued you and and his personal trust and loyalty to you overrode all the political conditioning he'd heard. He let he let his heart speak because he, he knew you. And this is the thing that is the most tragic about what's happening in the country. It's almost, almost always with progressives, but not 100%. This idea, the people who I grew up with, cousins or, 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 or sisters or brothers or, or whatever the case may be, right? This idea that they've known me for 55, 60 years, and now they suddenly realize that I'm a Nazi because I voted for somebody. And they're listening to what Rachel Maddow has to say about me, who's never met me. In fact, isn't even talking about me specifically. But they, but Rachel Maddow said this about people who make the same decision I do at the voting booth. And they trust Rachel Maddow more than they trust the 50 years that they've known me. That kind of thing is just soul destroying. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very glad to hear that that story had a happy ending. If we could all do more of that, right? If we could just, if we could just 
judge people that we know on mm -hmm. what we know about them, we'd be in a much better place today. Definitely, man. Because a lot of these people who hate Republicans so much, I mean, despite hating they prejudice, don't they don't They've know They've never any. heard anything we say. They only know what they said we say. Thank you. Thank you. It's like they don't know. And, you know, and it's one of those things that I've tried to help, you know, uh, um, you know, the Republican voter base fight against with this narrative. Like a, 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 with all the gaslighting, you see a lot of people who are, are getting upset because they see like a... Uh, international couples on the TV and in the commercials and, and things like that. And it's like, it's, it's, it's being shoved down people's throat and they're getting sick of it. And you can tell, right? And I tried right. to warn Republicans about this early on. It's like, look, the liberals are going to try to take this narrative and, and, and it's, there's a strategy, there's a system to it. That's guys. exactly right. They're, that's right. They are going to intentionally try to write you out of your own culture as a provocation. Yes, yes. Right, to, to justify... The, the hatred and the pre and the prejudice that doesn't actually exist. They need to manufacture it. Right, right. And and when you have people like Fuentes come onto the scene, it makes it that much easier to light that powder keg. And it's yep. like these these are things that could have a wet blanket could have been thrown over this a long time Absolutely, ago. Absolutely, yes. You know, but like I said, too many Republican voters they're more caught up with the political victory than the cultural groundwork that has to be made and guarded against. That will that will blow up in their face. And, you know, but it's like, no, no, we don't want to hear what you have to say about it. Um, right. And then now, lastly, uh, the last person of the party was uh, Milo. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I kind of sympathize uh, with Milo a little Me bit. Me too. I kind of he was mm -hmm. he was done pretty dirty because mm -hmm. he was dangerous to the left and they destroyed him. And and the way that they destroyed him, I thought was unfair. Mm -hmm. They basically said he was he was in favor of pedophilia. And that he was calling for pedophilia. He didn't say anything like that. He just said as a young gay man, he was approached, I guess, when he was 15 or something. And he said it didn't bother him. Uh. Okay. That's not a, that's not a, 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 a endorsement, uh. right? That's, I, th I think, essentially, maybe, maybe I got it wrong, but if, if I remember correctly, that's essentially how the thing went. He said, yeah, there's a, there's a real danger, right? And somebody, somebody uh, preyed on me, but I was, I was older than my age. I was more sophisticated than my age. And, and, and I, you know, that they didn't bother me. And people turned that into him saying, I support, you know, uh, sexual, uh, uh, you know, manipulation of, of minors. He didn't say that at all. Now, with, with Milo, I sympathize with him in the sense of I know what it's like to feel like uh, you got betrayed. I think, you know what? Matter of fact, I think a lot of Republican voters can identify with Milo in this sense. With their representatives, they feel like they were abandoned. They feel like they were betrayed. It's like you're not representing our values and you're just forgetting, you know, especially when it comes to like the establishment. It's like, man, you're just forgetting about the things that we voted for you for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in that sense, you know, I can understand where, where Milo was coming from. I don't sympathize with him in a lot in, in basically, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, his his orientation and things no, I like thought that. The whole thing was I thought the whole thing was kind of embarrassing personally. Yeah. But that's my opinion. But now now the thing is. I, I've tried to tell, you know, Republicans, you got to be careful with the the whole big tent Republican thing, because I tell you, you're going to end up with a big tent of obscurity. There has to be a standard. You know, it's I'm not trying to say that, oh, you should just be a snob and just reject people. It's just look, man, uh, just like with anything else, if we're talking about America, you know, to, to for America to be founded, there took sacrifices. You know, you're going to have to give up some things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like the founders say, hey, man, we, we pledge our lives, our, our, our fortunes and our sacred honor. We made sacrifices. You know, yeah. this thing that you're doing, this lifestyle that you have, that is that is an affront to the laws of nature. 
you're going to have to put, you got to leave that at the door. You know, we're not here to pat you on the back for being gay. You know, so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you got these right ideas, come on and let's, let's do that. But you want to, you, you're, you're very flamboyant and you flaunt it, right? He flaunts that he's homosexual. Yeah. Can I, can I just clarify when I said that I found the whole thing embarrassing? I didn't find the controversy embarrassing. I found Milo's routine his stick i i, I yeah. thought it was i thought it was embarrassing right it's like you know the stuff that that kind of stuff man you, you know you can leave out you know it's uh there it, it any of us you know there's there's a point where you got to realize that hey my ideas this you got to be honest with yourself and, and be like okay this is selfish this is something that that is maybe something i enjoy but i might un, i need to understand that this might be problematic for other people Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you don't want to impose those, th- those things. It's like going into the military. It's like, look, you can't go into the military and be like, it's all about me. It's all about me. You're going to have to be prepared to make some sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, and, and the sad part of it where I can identify with Milo is that it's like while I was getting thrown out, you know, with conservative media, it's like, OK, there, so, so there's the door. They were throwing their arms around Milo. Dude, I, I was doing that was when I was doing peak public appearances. Mm. And, and I was, I was doing really well out there. And then when Milo hit the scene, he sucked all of the air out of the room. Mm. It was all about Milo, 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 Milo. Right. And, and my problem was not jealousy because right. I genuinely mean it. Anything that helps the cause, I, you know, I'm, I'm down with. Well, let me rephrase that. No, not anything that helps the cause I'm down with. <laughs> this is the cause that I like and I love. And if it turns out that, that somebody is, is representing those values, then I'm with them. But but at the time, I remember thinking, is Milo actually addicted or is Milo actually sudden convert to political conservatism or is he a sudden convert to being in the spotlight? Because mm. he definitely likes being in the spotlight. Yeah. And and I was worried about him. And so he was kind of the flavor of a week for the while. Mm. And then he, he just kind of fell off the, the radar, not just because they targeted him, but because I don't think these principles were ever really lived and breathed by him so much as spoken by him for effect. Hmm. I I had some some real concerns early on that that the same thing might happen to Candace Owens, that she might just be basically enjoying, because there are a bunch of other people like this, enjoying the attention that they got for being, you know, an apostate from the Democratic uh, plantation. Hmm. But she, on the other hand, you know, I, I've seen her in Congress defending these principles hmm. and 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 she's she's the real deal. So you have to be careful about, let's just say novelty. Indeed, uh, yeah. Spokespeople. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing that, uh, you know, been trying to warn, you know, Republicans about, because a lot of times they'll say that, who cares? Who cares what these people think? And I'm like, well, millions of people do, right? And the second they say, they say something halfway that reflects their, their values, you know, mm-hmm. they, it's like these these are the things that are paramount to them. They're so they're so valuable. It's like they'll forget about anything else and 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 not see that these people look, they might they might betray you. Matter of fact, it's a good chance that they will. And it's it's one of those things where with Milo, he was disgruntled, dissatisfied, or whatever, whatever diss you want to make it with what was going on in the Democrat Party, where he did not feel fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. And out of that, basically, he wanted to take vengeance against the Democrat Party by, you know, committing adultery with them and going over to the Republican Party. Right. And then the Republicans thought, oh, my God, here's an outspoken gay guy uh, who's who who is shooting down Democrats who accuse us of being homophobic. Mm. What a great weapon. And now 
Uh, he's saying, I want to take revenge against the Republican Party and Trump. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, uh, if, if I understand, it, it, I've seen it, I've seen the, uh, the tweet, and uh, if I'm wrong, you know, then I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, but... It's kind of about him, isn't it? it I've noticed that. It is, you know? And so now he wants to do that. And now I don't... I don't uh, that's not the way I feel. And like I said, I, I, I get it. It's like, look, man, you, you feel like you've been abandoned and betrayed and stuff like that, but vengeance, that's, that's not the way I feel. I actually still want to help Mm-hmm. Right. And he's flat out saying, look, I want to hurt. I want to hurt you. And, um, you know, those kind of things, folks, you know, it's 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 like you said, man, you just kind of like do a little Google search, to like find out about this person. We don't want like I said, we don't want to be exclusive snobs or anything like that. But just like when we th- talk about people coming across the border and things like that, it's like, yeah, man, it's kind of like the same thing, of you know, in coming to our own party. Uh, so. That being not the color of your skin, but the content of your character, not just excluded because of the con- the color of your skin, but also not lionized and and um, and exalted because of the color of your skin. You know what I mean? Mm. This is the thing, and I'm including Milo in this. When when you're accused of being transphobic, homophobic, you know, racist, and all the rest of it, you find either a, a, a open homosexual or, or a black spokesman for conservatism. You you tend to. Um, judge them by the color of their skin because they're they're formerly of the other team. What's more important is the content of their character. Who are they? Right. right. That's what that's what matters in terms of whether they you know get into the tent. It's not a question of a useful you know weapon. It's like is their heart in the right place? Do they do they do they get it? it, it look, everybody who's come to the Republican Party it includes you and me both have a history of saying you know pretty stupid things back when we were Democrats, but our hearts were in the right place. Well, and now, if, if uh, t- to be fair, is is that a, is that a fair thing to say about us though? Because oh, we were never. I was never a Democrat. I was never. Look, I I I, I never ever counted myself as a Democrat. I never registered as a Democrat. I just had a belief system that was heavily influenced by all the people around me, which was a theater department, mm. and um, and so I believed a lot of things. Passionately believed in a lot of things I knew nothing about. I hear you. I mean, now for me, I mean, I guess I would have considered myself definitely a, a, a left winger, you know, earlier on. But, mm-hmm. you know, for us, you know, even though our, our heart was in the right place. Now, we would say about liberals, um, you know, we don't we don't care about your intentions. We don't care if you think that your heart was in the right place. It's about the results. You know, oh, that's what that's why that's why you and I both moved. Exactly. Because you and I both moved because we had the strength of character and, and, and the fundamental integrity to say that the things that we've been told are true and the things that we believe are true are not only not working, they're untrue, they're anti-true. And so my opinion has to change or else I have to live in a world where I'm lying to myself. Definitely, definitely. And now, so folks, as we wrap up, uh, you know, with the virtue signal, uh, you know, just these are things to consider. There has to be these cultural defenses, you know, not, not just like just walking blindly through the liberals' minefield. They lay the minefield. Right. And, and their minefield is everywhere. You know, so we got to make sure that we, we, we've got a way to be able to traverse the minefield or not even go to the minefield that they're laying and, uh, you know, be, be ready for, for things like this that they're doing, because they've laid so much groundwork, you know, to control the narrative that even it's down to flipping pancake syrup can be racist. All right. So we got to do what we can to not fall into their traps. All right. And speaking of traps, I'm going to go ahead and shut mine and sign off for Bill Whittle. I'm Alfonso Rachel. BillWhittle.com. Work that share button. We'll talk to you guys soon.